Hey, listen, I have a word I want to share with you this morning. It's a word that uh, God has placed on my heart. Last week, uh, we taught on seeing the Lord behind the scenes. How many of you remember that message? We talked about seeing what God is doing beyond what you can see with your natural eyes. And it's important for us as believers to absolutely understand and know that God is always at work. He is always doing things that maybe you can't see, maybe I can't see, but we know he's always at work. And so today we are going to talk about not behind the scenes, but behind the ears. How many of you want to find out what it means to hear from the Lord? We're going to talk about that today. But before we do, Billy Graham tells a story uh, about a time early on in his ministry when he arrived in a small town to preach. And he went to Main Street and there was a young boy leaning there against a, a building. And he said to the young boy, he said, hey, can you t I need to mail a letter. Can you tell me how to get to the post office? And so the young boy told him right where the post office was. And Billy Graham said, well, thank you very much. I've got to go there. But he said, listen, I want to invite you to come hear me preach tonight at 7 o'clock at the town hall. And I'm going to tell everybody how to get to heaven. And so uh, I want you to come. And the little boy looked at Billy Graham and he said, well, I'm probably not going to come. And he said, why not? He says, uh, because you can't even find your way to the post office. <laughs> All right, let's begin. We're going to talk about hearing the Lord, hearing the Lord. I've built and based my life in any ministry that God has entrusted me with by listening to the voice of the Lord, hearing the voice of the Lord, and then uh, making a strong attempt as a result of my desire to follow what the Lord is speaking to me. But one of the questions that is often asked, first and foremost, by many in the body of Christ is this. Does God speak today? Yeah. Is God still speaking today? Many say that he isn't and that he doesn't. And the reason why is because he's already said everything he's going to say. And it's now on record in the book, in the Bible. And if you want to hear the voice of the Lord, if you want to know what God is saying, open the book. Hear from the Bible what God is saying. And while I agree with that, um, I absolutely believe that God didn't stop speaking when the first Bible went to print. In Mark chapter 4, verse 4, Scripture tells us, But he answered and said, talking about Jesus in the temptation in the wilderness by the devil, Man cannot live by natural food alone. But he also lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I want you to notice that he uses the word proceeds. He doesn't say proceeded. He says proceeds. The word proceed means to go forward, to continue, to continue discourse. He didn't say proceeded, which means something done or completed. Words are still proceeding from the mouth of God today. God is not done speaking. What he has given us is a revelation of who Jesus is. 
And in that revelation, we have every answer to every question we'll ever have need of. But God continues to speak to us about our lives. He speaks to us about what has been written. He speaks to us about the circumstances and the situations that we find ourselves in. He continues the discourse that he began with us long, long ago. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 25 says this. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. It's important for us to recognize and know that God is still speaking and we aren't to refuse his voice, his words, which means then that you and I are candidates every single day to open our ears and hear what the Lord is saying. One of the precious relationships that I have is a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit speaks continually to me every day. I want to know what the Holy Spirit is saying, what he's seen. Because the Lord sees what I don't see. He knows what I don't know. And if I can hear what he knows, then I'm going to be better off during the course of any given day. So I I have to spend time with the Lord. Here's another thing that I, I think is important as we lay a foundation for where we're going today, an important thing to know, and that is this. God speaks to each of his children differently. I mean, the way God speaks to me may not be the way that he speaks to you. And what we do is we try to pigeonhole God in in the sense that we expect him to speak one way. And if God spoke one way to Pastor Tom, then he ought to speak that way to me. And if he doesn't, then I'm not hearing from God. And that's just not the case. I submit to you today that more than likely you are hearing from God every single day of your life. You just may not be recognizing his voice. God speaks to every child differently. My friend Dennis and I coached uh, varsity baseball at Redlands High School uh, many, many years ago. And uh, it, it was just a different animal. It's a public school, a large public school. And and uh, the kids come from all kinds of different backgrounds. And I played baseball in high school. I played baseball in college. And I loved the game of baseball. Um, and, and so it was a joy for me to coach. And when we, when we began to coach, um, there were so many varied backgrounds in the kids that as, as we coached, we recognized that uh, these kids were just used to you know, doing things the way they did them. And so consequently, uh, we had to be loud. Because if you weren't loud, you wouldn't be heard over the noise. But not only loud, we had to be very direct. Because these were kids who were used to people being direct with them. A lot of these kids were used to, to themselves calling the shots, even in their own household, with their parents. They were in control. And so we had to speak directly. We had to speak loudly. Uh, we had to, to tell them when they were wrong and uh, reinforce that. We, we, we did that on a regular basis. A few years later, uh, both Dennis and I moved on from Redlands High School, and we coached at a Christian high school, Calvary Chapel, Redlands. And I'll never forget one of the first practices at this Christian school. Understand now, it's totally different. Most of these kids are coming from a Christian background. Totally different lifestyles, totally different way of doing things. And one of our first practices, some, one kid was throwing the ball into the 
uh, from the outfield into the infield because the runner was coming around third base headed for home. And the, the, the goal is when you're throwing a ball, you hit the relay man or the cutoff man. If you're throwing the ball from the outfield, there's a guy in the infield with his arms up and you're throwing the ball to home plate and that infielder, when he sees the ball coming, he knows where that runner is. And if he thinks he has a chance of being thrown out by the outfielder's throw, he lets the ball go on to the catcher. But if he sees that there's no way he's going to get him, then he cuts the ball off and keeps the, the guy who hit it, the base runner, from going on to second. Keeps him at first. Got it? Baseball 101. <laughs> so we're, we're now, you know, teaching coaching at a Christian high school. And this kid throws a ball in practice. And he completely misses the cutoff man. And it sails over his head and goes to the backstop past the catcher, which allows the runner to go to second. He's now in scoring position. And I forget, Dennis, <clears throat> from the dugout, yelled and screamed very loudly, What are you doing? That's so stupid. You got to hit the cutoff, man. That's ridiculous. We are a team, and we do things right. That is not right. Don't do it again. <laughs> and this kid walks in from the outfield into the infield. And he stands in front of us. It stops practice. And he says, now, coach, he says, I function best with praise. <laughs> he says, I, I need a lot of praise. I can see the steam coming out of Dennis's ears. And he just turned back and walked to the dugout. And as I'm following him, he's chuckling. And he says, can you believe this? <laughs> God speaks to his children in a variety of ways based on who they are. And every child of God is different. In Numbers chapter 12, uh, beginning at verse 6, we see in just three verses here, uh, actually, in two verses, we, we see God speaking to various people in at least four different ways. Listen to my words. When there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in what? Visions. I speak to them in what? Dreams. But this is not true. My servant Moses, he is faithful in all of my house. And then he says this, with him, I speak face to face, clearly, and not in riddles. So we identify here four ways in two verses God speaks. He, he, he speaks in uh, visions. He speaks in dreams. He speaks face to face. And he speaks in riddles. Anybody ever had a conversation with God where he spoke to you in a riddle? Nobody. All right. Me either. But we see the, the variety of ways that he communicates with people. Then in 1 Samuel chapter 3... Uh, we, we begin in verse 4, the story that perhaps some of you may know very well. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel is in, as we said earlier in our baby dedication, in the temple. And the Lord is wanting to speak to young Samuel as a boy. And so he calls him and Samuel says, here I am. 
And uh, in, in, uh, in verse 8, the Lord continues to call Samuel. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of going through this really quick. And Samuel got up and he went to Eli and said, you've been calling me, here I am. And Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy because he certainly hadn't been. So Eli told Samuel, you go back to bed. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And verse 10 says, the Lord came and stood there calling as, the other, as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. So uh, what we see here is another way that God speaks audibly, out loud, so that you can hear. Anybody think they've ever heard the audible voice of God? Okay, a few of you. All right. Then we go to 1 Kings chapter 19. We're doing some work right now. We're laying some groundwork. Then in 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 11 and 12, we see another way that God communicates. And the Lord said, go stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord wasn't in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. The Lord wasn't in the earthquake. After the earthquake came, earthquake came a fire. <clears throat> Anybody had a piece of earthquake? And the Lord was not in the fire. But after the fire came a what? Gentle whisper. A gentle whisper. <clears throat> Still small voice is how the King James says it. In Revelation chapter 14, verse 2, the English Standard Version. I heard a voice from heaven, and it sounded like the roar of many waters and like the sound of loud thunder. The voice I heard was like the sound of harpists playing on harps. How many of you know God can speak in a variety of ways to a variety of people? <clears throat> So there are many sounds and there are many textures to the voice of God. And there are many people and many things through whom God speaks. I don't have time to go through all of them, but God speaks through nature. God speaks through the majesty of what he has created. I mean, Scripture even tells us that. He reveals to the world His truth and validity, who He is, by, by the amazing, awesome picture of what He has created. All of nature, all of creation. He, he speaks to us through our circumstances at times. I'm, I'm not saying that our circumstances necessarily always come from Him, but He does speak to us through them in them, as a result of them. There's so many ways that he speaks to us. One of the most important ways we've already mentioned is he speaks to us through the Bible, through his word. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says this, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. God speaks to us through his word. It, it, it causes correction and tells us what to believe and what not to believe. It directs us, it leads us, it guides us. It gives us instruction how to live the kind of life he desires us to live. John 10, verse 27. 
says this, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. And they follow me. So he speaks through the Bible. He speaks through Jesus. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 says, God who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets. By the prophets. In these last days, he speaks to us by his son. These last days is a reference to the church age. You and I live in the age of the church. And in these last days, the, the, the church age, he speaks to the church through his son Jesus, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. Then in, in uh, uh, this verse, it, it also tells us that uh, if, if, in fact, he is speaking to us through his son, and if we know his voice, then our hearing, whom we know is speaking, ought to produce something in our lives. There ought to be something that happens when, when you know the Bible, you know his word, the written, uh, the written word that has already been spoken by God, and then you have the, the voice of Jesus speaking, the voice of the Holy Spirit that we haven't even gotten into. And then also, here's another one or another thing that God speaks through. Are you ready for this? Somebody said, come on. All right, I'll come on. God speaks through jackasses. <laughs> Pastor, couldn't you have just said donkey? Well, I'm sorry, but I was reading in the King James. <laughs> Numbers 22, verse 28 says this. And the Lord opened the mouth for those of you who need the new King James for it to be palatable. Here it is. For the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey. And, and she said to Balaam, the donkey, what have I done to you that you've struck me these three times? I wanted to point out to my wife that um, this was a female donkey that was doing all the talking, talking but I, I decided not to do that. And, and uh, I, I have to tell you, Joyce always talks about the fact that, that ladies have um, many more words to speak in a day, the course of a day, than men. And the real reason why that is is because they have more to say. And... and in, in the volume of their words, they are saying, uh, I'm, I'm trying to dig my way here through this, but they are saying things that mean something, that have great value. What we men often do is grunt. true. All right. Good job. By the way, we're going to come back to the jackass in just a moment. And I'm not talking about me. If, if you haven't seen Shrek, the movie, if you haven't seen Shrek, then uh, this won't mean anything to you. But one of my granddaughters um, by the way, hang on, the, the, the revelation's coming, the truth is coming, that you're going to be able to apply to your word, but first we've got to go to Shrek. One of, one of the, uh, my, my 
my, uh, my two of my granddaughters were in, in our living room, and the older granddaughter was sharing with the younger daughter these flashcards. And on the flashcards, there were pictures of animals. And so she would show her younger cousin a, a, a picture of an animal, and uh, then the, the younger cousin uh, would uh, say what that animal was. And um, when they got to a picture of a donkey, the younger, I mean, you know, young kids, they, I mean, they know horses, but donkeys, I mean, that's, you know, we're, I mean, maybe they hear about a donkey once a year at Christmas time. Uh, but um, she shows a, a picture of a donkey, and the younger cousin says, horse. And remember, the only frame of reference either of my two granddaughters have about donkeys, they, they get from Shrek. And uh, so she says, no, that's not a horse. And I was sitting there. I said, well, what is it? She says, it's a donkey. Because <laughs> that's how they say it in Shrek. So now I have two granddaughters who go around saying, oh, look at the donkey. On that note, I want to take the time that we have left to look at the donkey, all right? We're going to go back to the book of Numbers, Numbers chapter 22. The book of Numbers is called the book of wanderings. And the reason that it is, even though there are two numberings in the book of Numbers, the reason it's called the book of, of wanderings is because it's really the story of the wanderings of the children of Israel. And the, the Hebrew word for numbers actually speaks to the two numbers, but uh, the, the, the Hebrew scholars, when they take that word and, and take it five generations further, uh, they came up with this, this name, Numbers, as actually meaning wanderings. And, and really, that's what Numbers is. It's, it's a detailed account of the wanderings of the journey that the children of Israel, uh, that they were on. And so in this story that we're about to read that ends up in, in chapter 23, talking about Balaam's donkey, um, in this story, as it begins, Israel is camping in their wanderings. They are camping in Moab. And that makes the Moabites very, very nervous. Because we're not talking about a couple of hundred people camping. We're talking about millions of people camping. And, and uh, one of the scripture verses in Numbers 22 says they are, the Moabites are speaking. And they say they are like the oxen licking the grass. They're, they're going to eat everything up. They're going to destroy our land. So uh, the Moabites decide to send a group of people to Balaam. And they're going to want to convince Balaam, who has a relationship with Almighty God, to speak to Israel. Actually, what they ask him to do is to curse Israel, to deal with their problem, to get them out of their land. 
And in verse 1, we see the children of Israel moved and camped in the plains of Moab on the side of the Jordan across from the Jericho. Verse 3, the Bible says, Moab was exceedingly afraid of the people because they were many. And Moab was sick with dread because of the children of Israel. So they send for Balaam to curse Israel, to deal with their problem. Now, here's what I want you to see. Verse 9, go to verse 9. God came to Balaam and did what? He said, God is speaking. He said, who are these men with you? Well, the men he's talking about are the ones that came from Moab to convince him to deal with Israel. And God said to Balaam, who are these men with you? I mean, if you know, God knew who they were. He absolutely did. Who are these people? And as, as this story progresses, um, verse 13, God speaks to Balaam. And Balaam rose in the morning and said to the princes of Balak, who had come on behalf of the Moabites, go back to your land, for the Lord has refused to give me permission to go with you. God spoke to me. I heard him. Now it's time for me to obey him. Leave. I'm not going to do what you've asked of me. Then from there, uh, the Moabites go back. They, they tell uh, their leaders what Transpired, so they send it back. Only this time they sweeten the pie. And in verse 18, uh, they say that Balaam said to them, Though Balak were to give me his house full of silver and gold, I could not go beyond the word of the Lord my God to do less or more. Listen, that's an important thing for us to recognize. There is nothing I can do apart from what God has spoken and said for me to do. And there should be nothing that you are willing to do apart from God speaking to you. Amen. Apart from God directing and guiding and leading. Whether it comes through a word from the Lord through someone that you believe in and that, that settles with what's in your heart. Or whether it comes directly from the Bible. Or, or whether you hear that still small whisper or the loud crashing sound of the voice of God. What's important for us to recognize and realize is this. I will not take another step beyond the word of God. Yes. Unless God says it, I can't do it. There are a whole lot of things you might desire to do. I know this is simple today. This is very simple. But there's a whole lot of things that, that you desire to do. But unless... You hear from the Lord, you, you can't do it. Amen. You shouldn't do it. Yes. There have been so many things that people have come to me during the years and said, Pastor, we need to do this and we need to do that because they do it. And man, it's amazing. Uh, and, and so we need to do it. And, and uh, it is amazing the thing that they're doing, that church is doing, this ministry is doing. But unless God tells us to do it, come on. We're going to be doing something that we've got to keep up with the arm of the flesh. Because it was our flesh that decided to do it. How many have ever been doing something that, that was a good thing, but you recognize after a bit it, God wasn't in it, and now you're just doing it just to keep the thing afloat? There's nothing worse. There is nothing worse than trying to keep something alive that God is not in. At least for you. He may be in it for someone else, but he's not in it for you. you have, when you got to keep things up by the arm of the flesh, it is wearisome. It is tiring. <clears throat> People all the time come to me and say, Pastor, um, this is on my heart. We need to do it. 
one person said, this is on my heart. You need to do it. And uh, I said, it's not on my heart, but I support and rally around what's in yours. You do it. I'll be your biggest cheerleader. I can't go beyond the word of the Lord my God to do less or to do more. God tells you to do something. Do it. God doesn't tell you to do something. I'd just wait. I just wait. Verse 20. God came to Balaam at night and said to him, If the men come to call you, rise and go with them, but only the word which I speak to you that you shall do. In other words, if they come again and they invite you to go with them, don't go with them unless I tell you it's okay. That's what this verse is saying. If, if you've heard from me, and I say go, then rise up and go. But don't get up and go until I speak to you that which you shall do. And then in verse 21, so Balaam rose in the morning. It doesn't tell us that he heard from God. It just says he rose in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the princes of Moab. I suggest to you that he is going without a word from the Lord. He is going without having heard a clear, distinct word from the Lord. And, in, and, and now let's go back to the donkey. <laughs> Verse 28. The Lord, we're fast forwarding through a story that, that, uh, Perhaps we should have spent more time with, but make a long story short, they take off and an angel of the Lord comes and stands before the donkey and, and, um, uh, and all of a sudden the Lord opens the mouth of the donkey and the donkey said to Balaam, this is crazy, who writes this stuff? <laughs> I'll tell you who writes this stuff. The same one who created you. The same one who created all of the world. The same one that has a plan and a purpose for your life as you pursue him. What have I done to you that you've struck me these three times? The donkey wouldn't go forward because there was an angel holding him back. And so Balaam got a stick out and whipped him. How'd you like to have your dog speak to you? And so the, the donkey said, what are you doing? Actually, as you read on, he says, haven't I served you all these years? And, and uh, how many of you... Need a moral to the story. <laughs> Who can figure it out? Listen. Up to this time, God has been speaking to Balaam. Face to face. Very clearly, he's been speaking to Balaam. And Balaam is hearing him and speaking back. And obeying. And as soon as Balaam closes his ear to the voice of God and disobeys God, the next voice he hears is not the voice of God. What's the moral of the story? Hear from God. 
obey the, the Lord or you'll start hearing from jackasses. Because there's a lot of jackasses who want to bray in your ear. Who want to speak into your life and figure if they honk loud enough <laughs> you will hear and you will do. Balaam didn't hear the honk until he disobeyed the spoken word of God. And once he did, the jackass had room to speak. Mark chapter 4, verse 24. In the NIV, Scripture says, Consider carefully what you hear. The New Living Translation says it this way, Pay close attention to what you hear. I don't know about you, but if my ears are going to hear, they, they may as well be open and hear the word of the Lord. Amen. God wants to speak to you. Every person who's sitting here, God wants to speak to you. Let me say it this way. Every person who is here, God is speaking to you every single day. And it just may be that you're like Samuel, you're misinterpreting the voice of God. I mean, there's not a one of us who at some point in our lives haven't said, is that you, God, or is that me? God wants to speak to you, and he's speaking to you every single day. The people that I love and that love me, I've become very accustomed to knowing their voice. Uh, you know, when I, when I call Joyce, when, when we're apart and I call her, uh, and, I get, and she says hello, and I, I don't say, hi, this is uh, Tom. <laughs> Tom Villalobos? <laughs> your husband. Yeah. Father of your children. <laughs> we have seven grandchildren, an eighth on the way. No, I, I don't need to do that because she knows my voice. How many of you young mothers can walk down that hallway and in a nursery full of, well, our church doesn't have screaming kids, but if for some reason they were all screaming, you could pick your kid's voice out over any other. Come on, moms, isn't that true? Now your husband would just walk by and say, hmm. But... But you moms, you absolutely know. You know that voice. When it comes to believe, be believers, we, we need to learn to expect to hear the voice of God every single day. Amen. Every single day. Because he's always speaking. Psalm 28 verse 1 says this. To you I will cry, O Lord my rock. Do not be silent to me. Lest if you are silent to me, I become like those 
who go down to the pit. I don't know if you recognize what David is saying, but he's, he's basically saying this. If God isn't speaking to me, I'm no better than, a, than an unbeliever, a Gentile. If God isn't speaking to me and I'm not hearing his voice, I may as well be in hell. And I have built and based my life and everything that I am and, and all that I do, hearing from the Lord. God speaks to me in dreams. I, 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 have, I have shared those with you. Major, major decisions we've made. God has spoken to me in dreams. And if he doesn't speak to you in dreams, don't fret that, you know, you're not hearing from God or that you're not spiritual because I happened to, to I wondered one day out loud to the Lord, do you speak to me in dreams because I, I, I don't listen close enough to the still small voice? If you're getting the still small voice, man, you're good. You are good. God speaks to me in dreams and, and shows me things in dreams. Every major decision we've made as a church, uh, even when they weren't popular, to step out and do. God has always confirmed to me in my heart what my head didn't want to do. It, it confirmed in my heart that God was speaking. And then he would, he would direct me with, with, with dreams exactly how to do it. I, I remember one time I had to make a really tough, difficult decision. It was heart-wrenching for me where the church was concerned and, and some people. And I had to make this tough decision, and I didn't want to. And God had been speaking to me for two years in a quiet, still, small voice, in a whisper. He would tell me, you got to deal with this. you got to deal with this. you got to deal with this. And if you don't, it's going to cause you a problem down the road. And I, I, I'm telling you, deal with it. And and so I try to deal with it, and, and the Lord began to say, by dealing with it, you've got you've to take care of this thing. You've got to remove this, this thing. And I didn't want to. And this went on for two years. And then God showed, gave me a dream, and it was so real that when I woke up in the middle of the night, I ran to the dining room, and I wrote out every detail, and I woke Joyce up and read it to her. And I said, I've got to obey God. Amen. I've got to do this. And it, it pains me to say this as your pastor, but I, in, in, in two days from that, that dream that was so real, I knew God had spoken to me in that dream. I knew he had been whispering to me for two years. And, and yet in, in just a, a, a two days later, I began to talk myself out of making that tough decision. I began to try to, to, to figure things out. Okay, we can fix this and we can fix that. And, and, and we went to bed two nights later. And for the first time and the only time, in the middle of the night, I heard the audible voice of God. And, it, and, and the audible voice of God spoke three words. I knew exactly what those words were. I'm not going to tell you what they are, but, but I knew what those three words meant because they were very specific to what I was dealing with. And when the audible voice of God spoke, it literally, for me, it shook the house and the bed I was in. And I sat straight up and, 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 I, and my heart was racing because I'd heard the Lord say those three words three times. And it was booming and it was shaking. And I, I woke Joyce up. I was stunned. She wasn't awake. And I, I said, did you feel that? Did you hear that? She said, feel what? Hear what? It's 2 o'clock in the morning. You should be asleep. And the next day, I obeyed God. 
and, and did what was very difficult for me to do. You are hearing God speak. And it may not be the audible voice of God. It may not be a vision. It may not be a dream. It could be through circumstances. It could be through someone. It may be come in a variety of ways. That still small voice, that whisper. But you are hearing from God. Learn to obey it. Learn to, to, to be obedient. Because if you don't, the jackasses of the world will fill your ears. And that's going to take you to a place that you don't want to be. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the opportunity we've been given this, this simple foundational message today. It's a word we need to hear. It's a word that is important to your children. God, we're so hard on ourselves, often wondering why you aren't speaking. And I pray today that as we go, we, we recognize that you are. Lord, I pray that any email we get from you will come from emails, your presence. I pray, God, that as we launch out in, into the world that we live in, the place you've set us in, as we go from this place that will be so very aware of the voice of the Lord. Holy Spirit, that you would speak, that you would lead, guide, and direct through your voice. Oh, that we would hear beyond the noise. That we would obey. God, I can't, can't help but think when you place this word in my heart that there would be more than one person here today that absolutely needed this word to hear you speak to their heart through my lips. There are decisions that need to be made. There are directions that need to be followed. And we can't come, nor can we stay without having a word from you. Speak, Lord, that your servants may hear, may listen, and follow. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Close your eyes for a moment. We ask you to do this in this way so that you can hear the words I'm about to say and respond to them without any distraction. God, who created all things, loved you so much that his one and only son Jesus he sent to this earth leaving behind the glories of heaven he came to this earth to live as a man 
to experience the same kinds of temptations and natural things that you and I experience and yet without sin. The Bible says all of us have sinned. We all fall short of God's original intent for our lives. We fall short of the standards of, of doing the right thing and, and, and living the right way. We fall short, every one of us. We all have strayed from God's original intent. And yet God loved you so much that he was willing to give up the life of his only son to come to this earth and live as you did and as you do. Climb up on a cross, die a cruel death where his physical body was tortured. Where he took upon the sins of mankind. Jesus was willing to do that so that in a moment like this, your lives, the sin that separates you from God could be covered by his shed blood so that when God looks at you, he doesn't look and see you and your filthiness and your sinful life. He sees the blood of his dear son and he calls to you. He, he opens his heart to you. God has a plan for your life. God has a purpose beyond what you're living, beyond what you're experiencing. And if you're here today and you've never asked Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, to live in your heart and life as Lord and Savior, then you're rejecting the only hope you have to be on this earth who God created you to be and to live beyond this earth, a life eternal, because all of us have an appointment with death. And today, if you're here, You've never made Jesus Lord and Savior. You've never asked the Lord. You may know who God is, know who Jesus is. Knowledge won't save you. You may believe in Jesus. and Believing won't save you. The Bible says even devils believe. The Bible says if you will speak words with your mouth that, that you're inviting Jesus Christ to be Lord of your life, that is to say to call the shots, you will be saved to the purposes of God for you on this earth to eternal life beyond this earth. Are you ready to let God love you, accept you, forgive you, and be the Lord of your life? I want to pray with you. Before we go, I want to pray with you. If you're here and you've never made Jesus Lord, if you're here and you've served the Lord in the past, but you're not right with God and you want to be, and you want me to pray for you, pray with you before we leave today, to make sure of your relationship with God. I want you right now to lift your hand. Hold it high. Wave it at me. Thank you. Who else? Wave it at me, Pastor. I want to get right with God. Pastor, I want to make Jesus Lord. Who else? Anyone else? I want to get right with God today. This is my day. This is my moment. Anyone else? Anyone else? I got to get right with God today. I want to make Jesus Lord. Let's all stand.
you raise your hand, I'd love to pray with you. Come join me right here at the front. Come on. Come on right now. Come join me. It's good. It's all right. All right, listen. Let's pray this prayer together. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me, forgiving me, accepting me. I believe that you, Jesus, are the son of the living God. You died on the cross, rose again, and today come to live in my life as Lord and Savior. And from this day on, I will serve you all the days of my life. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.